the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this next edition of the Rescuers radio show on faithtalk1360.com. And my guests today, I have two of them. What a blessing. Andy Hill, formerly with Phoenix Police Department, and so much more we're going to talk about. And Frank Milstead, formerly the head of Department of Public Safety for Arizona. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Art. Good morning, Art. Hi, Frank. It's good good you guys to join us today for this uh, exciting program we call Rescuers, people who are out there uh, changing and saving lives. And for most of your two careers, that's exactly what you guys did, right? You know, absolutely. Uh, Andy and I both spent a lot of time at Phoenix PD together. My first 25 years was there working all different aspects of the agency. But uh, both he and I had a very good career working uh, actually on the streets of Phoenix, providing public service uh, and uh, representing those uh, people out there who needed our assistance. So I always like starting the program uh, with my guests, uh, taking a few minutes to find out how you got here. (laughs) <laughs> so a little background on each one of you. Uh, Andy, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I hardly ever get to go before Frank at anything, so it's a <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, basically, I grew up in New York City area and uh, moved out to Arizona in 1981 after a, a rather um, quiet acting career and uh, was fortunate enough to be able to get hired by the Phoenix Police Department and... Uh, just really enjoyed that career. It was a great experience for me. I got to meet a lot of folks, uh, worked with, uh, with, with Frank and many times on the street and watched his career just flourish and his leadership capacity just continue to skyrocket uh, over the years. And uh, so I've been very privileged to uh, work with men and women uh, with a lot of skill. So I want to dig a little deeper, Andy, in a while with your acting career. We'll go down that road later. But Frank, how about you? So I'm a native Arizonan, uh, born and raised, graduated from Central High School. Uh, I uh, joined the Phoenix Police Department in 1985 and spent 25 years there, rose up to the rank of commander. And then in uh, 2010, I accepted the position as the chief of police in Mesa, Uh, spent five years there and was called away by Governor Ducey after he was elected, asked me to come over and run the Arizona Department of Public Safety. Um, which I did for just a little over five years. And then April 3rd, I retired 
uh, and headed off into the private sector for a little while, waiting to look at the next chapter of what happens for me. So when you retired, you had no idea what was coming, did you? No, you know, it was interesting timing. <laughs> Everybody wants my lottery numbers. They want to know how I knew that COVID was coming. And so it was all this civil unrest. And uh, it was uh, just coincidental. And the guy who replaced me, Heston Silbert, the new colonel there now, he calls and says bad things to me periodically. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about uh, the times that we're in and, and law enforcement and, and all of that. But um, I, I, for the sake of the audience, knowing uh, these two gentlemen, Frank and Andy, are really important in my life because uh, if it hadn't have been for them, I'm not sure we could have pulled off uh, three different times a documentary in Arizona Crystal Darkness, Hooked, Tracking Heroin's Hold on Arizona, and Hooked from uh, uh, Prescription to Addiction that all aired here with every TV station and majority of radio stations, same time, same day. It's never been duplicated in the country. So I owe a lot to you guys. <laughs> you were on the steering committees. You had uh, a host of, uh, of the statistics that we needed for background, along with uh, Doug Coleman from DA, DEA and... We had Haida involved, and uh, uh, those were great times, weren't they? They were. Um, and unfortunately, again, you know, as we watch what's happened in our society, we have a rise in in addiction and use of drugs and uh, uh, suicide. So we still need to keep pushing hard on a lot of these uh, issues socially that really affect our community. And, Frank, I know that you – uh, go, go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say, and I don't know if the audience realizes what you did, Art, is to get everybody, every radio station, every TV station to cooperate in the state of Arizona at the same moment, to put that out to everybody and almost uh, capturing an audience that has never really been done anywhere else. So it was an incredible feat and incredibly important on the awareness of what drugs do to the human body. Well, we did have a good team. I know that. <laughs> but I, I did have to make the ask, that's for sure. <laughs> but, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, COVID, what fun, huh? And, and, and uh, for law enforcement, uh, I want to have a – we got plenty of time here. I want to go down the road with, with uh, uh, the way law enforcement was before, what changed after – and uh, with all the protesting and um, uh, closures that have been going on, going on and, and we're getting spikes to, to Andy's uh, statement just a moment ago, uh, addiction rates, uh, domestic violence rates, uh, violent crime rates in general are just out of, almost out of control in some cities in the country right now. So let's go. Let's go down that road from from wherever you think we are. And and uh, uh, what, what's the and at the end of this discussion, what's the new law enforcement look like? What what is what's that? Uh, where is this leading us? Well, I like go Frank. ahead, Andy. I'll let you start. Well, I'm going to yield to you in a moment because I think you have a you have great experiences. You've you know, encountered and met with so many leading law enforcement folks around the country. So. I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say about it, but uh, I think there's some things that have really become very obvious. Um, some things are very unfortunate. I just looked today at a story that showed that Oregon might be decriminalizing um, drugs and and certain crimes. And uh, I, I think what is going on with you know changing and trying to eliminate some of the culture. So 
there's a lot to be done, and uh, I think we, uh, we don't have a cure for it like we don't have one for the virus yet, but it's coming. I hope that we can find the same thing by coming together and uh, coming up with some great answers that will help the community in the days ahead. And if you look at law enforcement in general, just the way they respond to calls right now, trying to uh, keep the social distancing, wear masks. You know, we've always been afraid of uh, catching something or getting a needle stick from a, from somebody we were arresting who was a intravenous drug user. But I don't think just having someone breathe on us was ever one of those issues. So uh, Phoenix PD, Phoenix Fire, they both have struggled with uh, COVID exposure. Um, you know, we've lost uh, a number of, of law enforcement, you know, across the nation to COVID. And um, it's something that, you know, I never experienced in my 35 plus years of law enforcement where we were uh, afraid just to go anywhere. And then the other piece of it that you have to look at is what George Floyd did to uh, American law enforcement and really rocked the trust of a society in in a uh, in a profession that ha- had not seen this type of um, of mistrust maybe since uh, uh, the um, Rodney King incident or somewhere back then you know it'd been years and we'd made so much progress and uh, and I think it's important that the audience realizes that the fringe of of any occupation is something that we have to deal with um, that the majority uh, the 99.9 percent of the women and men who provide public service out of police departments are good people you know they're just normal everyday people who have a call to serve and they go to your costco and they worship at the same place you worship and we live in your neighborhoods i mean we're, we're, we're nobody they're not different than anyone else and um, you know I, I go back to when the pilot flew the plane into the side of the of the uh, mountain and killed a, a whole plane full of passengers people didn't judge the the profession of of pilot by that one action they knew that was a fringe piece of uh or fringe event and uh everyone got back in planes and started flying and it, it wasn't that it's just that we all know that there's bad people and people slip through the cracks uh and i can tell you this from my time here Um, the leadership in law enforcement across the country that I have ever met with, we try to eradicate these people from our, uh, our ranks because it tarnishes the badge and it erodes public trust and and public sentiment. And, um, and, and so now you have a challenge with that piece with COVID where you've got a mask on and you're a little bit more further distant from those people that you're serving. They can't see the smile on your face. They can't see the the warmth and in, 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 in the look that you give them as you're listening to their stories and trying to help them solve complex problems. Absolutely. Great points. And, uh, and it almost appears that uh, in some, some situations, it appears that law enforcement is kind of on their heels trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, well, and Andy, what's your take on that? Well, I try to bring it to a. Uh, I think what what Frank said is very important. We have to try to find new ways to reach out to where we're at as a society now. Um, I think it's very important uh, to recognize one that law enforcement over the last number of years has come together. Uh, the issues of uh, making sure that we're transparent is some. Uh, training is at an all time best for training, even though there's some areas to improve on. But I think the most important thing is we have to figure out what to do with the the young people and what they want to do. We have the biggest problems with gangs and drugs in certain neighborhoods and many cities around the country. That's why I even have a a thought, and I've been uh, just 
testing it out a few times with some people that if uh, we could bring back some form of conscripted service where uh, people are given an option at their 18th birthday or whatever how to serve their country, whether it's with military or in a civilian capacity, in some way where that helps us intermingle everybody from all walks of life and they have to work together. I think we have to come up with bigger solutions like that or something that provides the opportunity for us all to get to know one another just on a one-on-one basis while serving somehow. And I think that might help with some of the inner city issues that we have now. Well, and I think one thing that, that complicates the whole issue with law enforcement is uh, an under, having a, a good understanding, uh, to Frank's point, of what, what law enforcement does. What, you know, what, 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 uh, how, how are they serving the community? And there's things going on with uh, every day with law officers at any level, whether it be DPS or local law enforcement. You're involved in the community in a lot of things. We had a, uh, one of our rescuers... Uh, shows we highlighted the uh, Angels on Patrol program at Phoenix Police Department, and no one has an idea that they're they're going back to a home that was uh, maybe had a d- domestic violence call, and they had a need to go back and help that family uh, overcome that situation. Once it was cleared up and they made an arrest, or however that ended, they're going back and bringing food, clothing, they're helping families. So who knows? Nobody nobody would think that, that those things are going on. Uh we had a police commander in our last one of our last shows, more recent shows that was talking about um you know how they how the outreach programs they have uh, are so so vast and so important and uh the community part of this is just uh kind of not even being talked about uh, a friend of ours all I know we all think know Cindy Scott I think she was on our program and I loved her comment about uh, the younger uh, uh, even college students that she works with at NAU they have a snapchat knowledge of law enforcement and, they, and that's all they have they really don't know the people they don't know the hearts of the people right so, Art, I think there's a couple things to your commentary there. The first one is um, that we work with all walks of life. And one of the beauties about the military or policing or fire, that government work is you stand shoulder to shoulder with men and women from all walks of life, from all religions, all races. Uh, and you become a united front, and a united team, and you get to know those people because you count on each other really for your survival on certain days. Absolutely. Uh, and then that community outreach piece does go unrecognized because it's not salacious and it's not something that uh, the media wants to put on TV. Um, and I think, so if you look at the evolution of policing, when, uh, when I came on and Andy came on, we had the first computers in the car and uh, we didn't have DNA. You know, we had uh, modus operandi. We had dual marks, fingerprints, uh, a, maybe a shoe print uh, to solve a crime. And then DNA came along. And you really, when you went to court, people wanted to know, did you have DNA? And, and, and that was what you needed to prove your case. Well, I think we've come to a point now where police officers are going to have to have video uh, to prove their case and to show what happens. And I think this is this weird evolution of 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 where we are in society is that, yeah, I heard it, but I'd sure like to see it. But the complexity of that is with the body camera, there's only one constant. And that constant with the body camera is the truth. 
but the the variables are perception and vantage point. And you know from watching NFL football that they'll use 36 cameras on a field to see if a guy fumbled a ball or stepped out of bounds <laughs> the, the, and because they've all got different perceptions and vantage points of that same truth event. And that's a huge challenge for these officers because the truth may not be accurately represented from that single vantage point or single perception from that officer. Um, and that's one of the huge problems that uh, leadership is dealing with is officers not wanting to become involved in these ongoing active crimes until they're over so they don't have to respond to a violent encounter and become the next viral video. It's a, it's a really huge, big challenge for these young officers who are making split section, uh, second decisions that will be judged over weeks and months and also probably judged almost instantaneously over social media. With little information, uh, not, not all the background that a law officer has, right? Correct. So, Andy, uh, what are your thoughts right now in this discussion? Well, Frank has always had a great way of, of giving examples to show how things work, you know, describing those things and why. I mean, that that NFL comment was really outstanding. It's, it's a good, a good one. one. I'll, I'll probably steal it from you every now and then, <laughs> Frank, if that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, we have to really con- 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 come up with these good ways to express things to people, to make them interested in law enforcement, to give them the positive things that they they can do with it. And uh, it, training is just so critical. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do, and uh, Frank has been helpful in the process of trying to put it together some kind of a show that describes the entire process of becoming a police officer, what it takes, what it, what you go through. Uh, to try and go ahead and, and let people see more of what's involved in the job, how things work, uh, how your your time goes by, how great the training is. If we don't express very clearly with transparency the processes that make for the uh, the hiring and work of a police officer, uh, we're not going to get the public behind us. But if we continue to say, side with the good things, with, with uh, transparency, truth, um, and using the tools that have developed now that are helpful in expressing what's really happened in an incident, then uh, I think will help in the long run. But again, I think we have to make sure that we're not trying to hide things in terms of the process, but re- making that process of how everything we do is, a, is be able to see how that happens. It's almost like unveiling uh, a trial or some kind of a case where there's a whole system to go through a whole number of different parts of the investigation and letting people see how it happens. You know, I'm glad Frank dated both of you by saying you were doing this before computers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's true. And it was, it, uh, it, we, we, th- we were excited when we got a computer and a handheld radio. It was good times. Um, but you know, Art, if you look at police reform and, and when they have these conversations about police reform, you know, part of that reform has to be standardized policies, and standardized training. Um, you know, any leadership of any police department, if you're and having been the chief of police in Mesa and been the colonel at DPS, I can tell you that, you know, my, and from my seat, I'm responsible for our hiring standards and practices. Uh, I'm responsible for the training that we provide and, and the in the in-service training as they progress through their careers. I'm responsible for policy that's uh, that is a, a good world-class policy that's a, a national standard policy. Uh, and then how do we uh, react to when those people violate the policy? What do we do through our discipline procedures? What kind of early warning system do we have to know that we maybe have an officer that's doing something uh, wrong over and over again? 
and then you factor in again body camera piece again you have all this video uh, with agencies that have body worn cameras how do you review that and you know axon uh, which is one of the largest providers of body cameras they're coming up with uh, solutions to uh to look for using uh, artificial intelligence to look for anomalies and bring them to leadership's attention so they can go and look at it see if it was good or bad and and I think uh, you look at uh, AI uh, with a with a VR technology, with that virtual reality. Maybe we can train officers better with conversation and communication, and and teach a, a, a higher sense of empathy and and when to get involved in another officer's situation. So I think all of this is making policing evolve yet again. And and, it, and if we don't evolve, that's on us. I mean, that's a horrible problem. But I think we are going to evolve and we will get better at training. We will get better at communication. Um, and we have over the years, you know, we've done all these things and we just continue to get better. Yeah. Well, the di- digital age has, has done a lot of positive. Uh, also some negatives on the social <laughs> social media side, probably. But but um, Andy, I have a question for you. you. You've been co-producer for a long time of a TV show called uh, Live PD. And uh, it's still aired on A&E, right? Uh, Network. No, oh no, they uh, they the, shut it the reruns down. Reruns might, but it, it was shut down. Yeah. Okay, because that might answer my question. Because I was wondering, because uh, when you produced that show, it was no COVID. There was the there's always been pressure on law enforcement, but maybe not the kind of pressure that we have today to to set out in such a a series, a TV series, right? You know, it's it's been a great experience. As a matter of fact, you know, the first agency to agree to be on LIPD was the Arizona Department of Public <laughs> Safety under Frank Milstead. Yep. Uh, and actually went to New York and spent some time there with everybody. And uh, he kind of led the way by uh, taking a chance and going out on it before it was a big success. Um, it provides the transparency. It provides the look of things. Um, it'll probably come back as a show. Um, it was a, a fell victim to the anti-police uh, movement that came up in the during COVID, so that was a big hit. But I do think it will come back. Live Rescue has already come back for this season. I think with for fire departments, uh, I think we'll see more of it, and uh, I I do believe that um, we'll benefit from it. As uh, but it took a lot of a lot of courage for Frank to step forward and be the first one to do that. It was a big deal, and uh, uh, I really appreciate that for one thing. But. And I was just money of of many producers. There are different kinds of folks working on those shows for diff- different many different arenas. And I want everybody to know that Andy Andy was a star on on the orig- original Jesus film in 1979. And everybody's saying, "What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't find him. He was a Roman soldier, I think, or something. I don't know. Well, I had a line in it. <laughs> uh, got to go to Israel, and. Um, First time in my first scene, uh, I did flub my line, but got it right after that, <laughs> after being being uh, chastised by the director, who became a good friend of mine. But uh, it's a based on the, you know, it was based on the life of Jesus and from this Bible. And actually today in the world, it's in about 12,000 different languages. And it's become a great tool just to kind of spread the word. You know, there are a lot of uh, us, uh, we're, we're, boy, time is just flying. We're, we're in our, we're inside three minutes left in this program. It's flying by so fast. But um, I want to know each one of your impressions. Uh, you know, COVID uh, being what it is, is creating a lot of stories. There's going to be a lot of stories come out of this time period whenever it ends. Uh, 
But there's what for each of you, what's your story going to be like, do you think, after COVID? Go ahead, Frank. I want to hear yours. Well, again, so obviously I left law enforcement right at the beginning of that. Um, but the I, I would tell you that I don't like all of the uh, the downsides of COVID. My restaurants, my gym, uh, and places going out of business, it, it really, really breaks my heart. But my son uh, lives in Manhattan, and uh, he called me in the beginning of COVID and said, Hey, Dad, uh, Manhattan's shutting down. Um, coming to Phoenix. And he spent almost four months with him and his girlfriend living here with us. And we've all been together uh, a time that we never would have had to spend together playing games and having dinner and cooking and, and swimming. So for me, I just, I'll, I'm a person that remembers the good things and I'm going to remember the relationship piece and the love that we found within our family and, and how we kind of got reunited. Nice. Good answers. Can't beat that. Okay. Say that again. Can't beat that. <laughs> so you're a New York guy, Andy, right? Yes, you're from you're from New York. Forget about it. Forget, forget about it. That's what I was. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. So everybody will say, forget about it. It, it, it wasn't. A, it was just a t- thing in our history. And uh, uh, well, I want to thank each of you. Uh, we're in our last minute here, but um, you guys have such great insight, and I and I'm hopeful. And I know there's a lot of prayer groups right here in the Valley of the Sun, and uh, that are that are praying for law enforcement every day and organize prayers for all the departments that the next generation of law enforcement will will come will rise up and uh, in some way shape or form uh, carry on not only the traditions of good law enforcement but understand the backstory of the community involvement and uh, and the part where you protect uh, this the uh, the the people that you serve thank you Frank thank you Andy for being rescuers Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.